Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre where we talk about all things small business. My name is Steve Waite, a Business Connect advisor and CEO of the Business Centre. Business Connect is a dedicated, personalised New South Wales government program that provides trusted advice to help you start, run, adapt or grow your small business and is delivered through an independent network of service providers across New South Wales. If you would like a business advisory session subsidised by the New South Wales Government under Business Connect program, call 1300 134 359 or email connect at So to today's topic, public health orders in your small business. It's now time for us as business owners to get across the public health orders and review and implement changes again to our working business model and to ensure we operate our business in accordance with the public health orders as they've been set out along the New South Wales Government's roadmap for easing restrictions. We have with us the smarts to interpret the information and share their expertise and provide practical insights. So on behalf of the Business Centre and Business Connect program, I'd like to introduce our expert panellists. First of all, Christy Howson, owner of Osborne Law. Christy is a solicitor and director at Osborne Law, practising in the areas of employment, law and commercial litigation. Osborne Law is a commercial employment and property law firm situated in Newcastle CBD that provides a practical legal approach to clients with timely, sound, cost-effective and straightforward advice. By way of background, Christy has combined law and commerce degrees from the University of Newcastle with experience in corporate commercial law and insurance in multidisciplinary practices, primarily practicing in the areas of employment law and commercial litigation. Anthony de Cruz is our second panel member, Regional Engagement Manager for Service New South Wales Business. Anthony joined Service New South Wales in 2016 in the newly created Making Business Easier project team and was responsible for setting up the now successful business concierge service within Service New South Wales. Prior to joining Service New South Wales, Anthony worked in investment banking and wealth management in Sydney. Thank you, Anthony. Our next guest, Diane Lung, Managing Director of Skilldare. Skilldare is a leader at providing smart and simple HR strategies and advice with a qualified team on everything HR, from workplace compliance, policies and procedures, to employment performance strategies. Skilldare works with their clients to craft practical, cost-effective solutions that enable them to worry less and focus more on results. Now, the key topics we're going to cover are interpreting public health orders as a business owner, your vaccinated and unvaccinated team members and customers, supporting your team with challenging and aggressive customers as people adapt to these stages of the roadmap, 70% to 80% to December 1. So they are the three key topics with us today. We want to untangle the technocratic and the bureaucratic and the regulatory framework, the legal framework that sits around this, that reopening involves. And our panel have been asked to be very clear and practical about ways we can comply with health orders, identifying possible carve-outs, legal carve-outs that protect our business in handling situations around reopening that might come about as we go forward to October 11th and through to December 1. The reality is that even after we hit 80%, we are still going to be living with COVID for some time yet. And it's our shared bottom line as a group that none of us want to have a transmission event associated with our business. So how do we avoid that and deal with that effectively if it does happen? So my first question to the panel, what should small business owners and operators consider when planning or thinking about their risk when it comes to customers and employees when interpreting 
these public health orders around reopening. Mm -hmm. Christy, your thoughts? Well, look, I think all business owners at this point in time need to consider three main things for reopening on Monday. Number one is they need to have their COVID-19 safety plan in force. And obviously those details are on the New South Wales government website. It's important that businesses educate both their employees and their customers on safe working behaviours and also on vaccination requirements. So really, it's time to start having those conversations. Mm. The third thing that I consider is also important is knowing the staff vaccination requirements under the public health order. Mm. So we are going to be looking a little bit at this new public health order and working out by industries, what particular industries must have employees that are vaccinated before they come Mm. onto their Mm. workforce. Should we talk about some of those particular industries now? Is it worthwhile? I think, I think, I think that would be useful because yes. some of the inquiries we've had, as we said, you know, a cleaner versus a cafe specific. versus yeah. a, a tradesperson. Yeah. If we could try to address some of the nuances Definitely. and that help people understand the differences yeah. depending on their business. Yep. All right. Well, I'm happy to, to start going through. So the occupier of premises must take reasonable steps. So the government has indicated it must be reasonable steps to ensure that an unvaccinated adult is not on certain premises. So it's not mentioning whether someone has had a first vaccine or a second. It's it's fully vaccinated. So as of Monday, all businesses must take reasonable steps to ensure that an unvaccinated adult is not on the following premises. Now, they are higher risk premises, which are things like entertainment facilities, recreation facilities, hospitality venues, places of worship and premises where significant events are going to be held. It also includes business premises that are the ones that we're all really eager to reopen, (laughs) the hairdressers, (laughs) Uh, the beauty spa, the nail salon, waxing salons, tanning salons, tattoo parlours, so those places. Recreation facilities, public swimming pools. Uh, information and education facilities and retail premises that are not critical retail premises. So it's fairly clear from the public health order that we cannot have unvaccinated employees in those particular, working on those premises, and we can't have unvaccinated customers working on those premises. Reading through all of the literature and all of the health orders, the phrasing reasonable steps, reasonable care is often what Mm. is said. How do people interpret that? I can, I can jump in, Steve. I think the most important thing for a business owner is to be aware of the latest of the changes that have been made, especially yep. with the QR safety code checks or the safety requirements. Yep. Just keeping up to date with that because you may have had a QR check-in or a QR safety plan in previously. Just make sure that that's been updated. That's very important because you shouldn't be caught short having an old version of the safety plan. Yeah. And also to make sure that the equipment that you use to read the QR code, especially with the new QR code cards that have been issued for people who don't have a smartphone, yeah. just to make sure those things are there. Anthony, mm. you noted when we were talking earlier that the QR code has served us well since March last year for the last 20 months. And, and there's going to be improvements on that to include vaccination status. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's been, it's kind of a thing now that everybody is used to. And it's, uh, you go to a shopping centre, you see everyone's got their smartphones out using them. So it's become part and parcel of daily life now. And alongside the vaccination certification, which should be hopefully rolled out very soon, 
it's a no-brainer. It's just going to be part of that. So as you check in, that's an opportunity for the business owners to make sure that you're fully vaccinated. And, you know, if there are restrictions in place for unvaccinated or non-vaccinated people, there's an easy mm-hmm. way to uh, differentiate that. Di, any Just leading thoughts? on from what Christy was saying. Thanks, yeah. Steve. And I think if to, to mitigate risk for, for employers as well as we're approaching coming out of lockdown, having good policies in place, because whilst Christy has outlined not allowing unvaccinated people mm. onto various premises, There's also a a multitude of employers out there who don't fall into that. Offices, for Mm. example, and factories and workshops Mm. and manufacturing plants and etc. So there's an enormous group of employers out there who explicitly don't fall into this category. So I think it's really important for employers to understand what their rights and obligations are, but also having good policies in place. Whilst the public health order mightn't say, I legally have to ensure that an unvaccinated person doesn't come into my workplace. It's not to say that I might not want that in my organisational policy right. anyway, and okay. that I might want to put that into a policy to say, mm. yeah. I want to protect the, the, the health of my clients and of my staff and, and of people who are in my environment. So I'm mm. going to write that into policy, yeah. that, mm. that my staff need to be vaccinated and, and visitors and, and clients who come onto my workplace. Mm. So, yeah. so they're decisions that employers are going to have to, to make. So just because you fall outside of that category doesn't mean that you can't bring in a vaccination policy sure. for your workplace. And yeah. Fair Work have given fairly good strategic advice, I think, on, I on, on businesses that that may want to bring in those policies. And there are a number of things to consider as to whether that would be a reasonable direction to issue to, okay. to staff. And yeah. we're happy to talk we're, a little bit further about sure. some of those things. But I guess it's just making sure that businesses are aware, as Di said, it's not just... Rest- so at the moment, the public health order does apply to those particular areas that we've mm-hmm. just outlined, mm-hmm. but there is certainly scope for businesses in other areas mm-hmm. yeah. to bring in policies if it is reasonable for their workforce. Yeah. And then leading on from that is looking at whether people continue to work from home. Yes. So it's employers really needing to understand where their employers, where their workers sit in terms of who's vaccinated and who's not and what, mm. what journey they're on in terms of that. Mm-hmm. So that then will give them a, a line of sight, if you like, on who they can bring back sooner rather than later yes. and in mm. what capacity they can bring them back. Yes. Because there is caveats in the public health order that say we must allow people yeah. who, are, who are fully vaccinated to, con- to continue to work from home if yeah. it's reasonably mm-hmm. practicable. Yeah. Or we must require people who are not fully vaccinated yeah. to work from home if it's reasonably practical. That's right. So and that then, in itself opens up a lot of questions. And then we were questions. talking about like then from December 1, it's at the discretion of yeah, the employer right. from December 1 on. That's right. Yeah. Which again could change between now and then, yeah, exactly. Steve, right? So look, one of the things mm. we spoke about, and, and, and just mm. staying on our first question, one of the strategies that people can use is, is to manage this risk. And, on, and we note mm. from people we speak to, they're already using some of their booking platforms already yes. mm. where people are making a declaration before they arrive at the, at the place of service mm-hmm. or or the business itself so is that a, is that a reasonable strategy where people are making a declaration to say before I've arrived I'll have my booking like we did last year when we we're booking restaurants they can declare that they have got a double vaccine is that is that That's, reasonable to do that under law I believe it is yeah. yeah I mean at the end of the day I think what businesses really need to work out is well what is what is my policy you know, if we do or don't comply, fall under the health order, under the public health order, and there's going to be different outcomes for different businesses. But not only do they need to understand where they sit, but they also obviously need to properly communicate that. Yeah. And that communication to, to employees, um, you know, that consultation with employees, the communication to customers is yeah. really going to mean less angst at the time when they're trying to enforce yeah. those laws. Yes. yes. Let's talk all things small business. 
For some practical advice and direction, DM us on Facebook or Instagram at The Business Centre. I think it might be worthwhile if we could just look at rights around asking for proof of vaccination and there's advice that's out there at the moment. I'll I'll be Mm -hmm. interested in the panel's thoughts. And also unvaccinated employees, can they work, for example? So we might start diving in into uh, into that area. So mm. first of all, what are the rights of asking for proof of vaccination? I think Anthony was going Anthony? to yes. yeah. address the problem. Uh, I, I think, mm. it, well, especially now at the 70% level, it is a requirement that you need to make sure that people are vaccinated because there are restrictions as to you know what they can and they can't do. And again, once that application or the My Service app is uh, ready, that's an easy way. It's a one process rather than currently where you need to scan in your QR code and also then show your wallet, which mm-hmm. is you know, the download of your uh, vaccination certificate from the federal site. But once the My Service app is updated, uh, and like I said, hopefully soon, that will be just in one process. and. Definitely, that is something that you make businesses need to make sure that the businesses are, our customers are vaccinated. Yeah. Just to go back to your point, uh, Steve, mm, previously yeah. we said that you can uh, have a declaration uh, pre-prepared, but what businesses should not forget is that you should also check those customers when they come to the premises yeah. to make mm. sure that, you know, it is right. correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good point. The other question, I guess, would, would a technical question here, we might be able to tick this one off, is can people sit outside a venue if they're unvaccinated? Well, I think they probably can. It talks about being on the premises. On the premises. So it, as yeah. long as, I mean, if the premises are... Defined? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. It's whatever, yeah. whatever area it's in. And another interesting question is about uh, medical exemptions. Medical exemptions. How do we legitimise that? How do, yes. how do we cite that if we've got a small yes. business owner? What, what's the current public order telling us and, and what does law tell us yes. about that in policy and procedure? It's been pretty clear, I think, the medical exemptions so there is a form that has been available on New South Wales Health website. I think it's been approved by the Chief Medical Officer. Yeah. And the only exemption that is that is going to be able to be used is that particular form. So a simple, and Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong, a simple letter from a doctor is not going to be sufficient. It must be, a medical exemption must be in that approved form. Absolutely, and the customer should always have that at yes. any time when they ask for mm-hmm. it. Yes. Okay. Just a specific one here. Cellar doors, what category do they fall under? Can they have an unvaccinated work? We'll look at that one if we haven't got it right away. I think away they were retail. Do they, do they fall under retail? Hospitality, potentially. I think it comes under hospitality. Cellar yeah. door, I think yeah. hospitality would... Because if you look at the ANSI code, you know, that comes under the hospitality. Yes. I, that would make sense. Cellar doors are types of retail premises. Cellar door premises are types of retail premises. Yeah. Okay. Another one here, which which is recent information has come through, I know to update about employees under 16, do they need to be vaccinated? I think there's been some provision for exemption. Um, I don't think the public health order applies to under 16. No, yes. I think it's 16 no, and over. So 16 no. and over. Yeah. Yes, okay. that's right. Thank you. In regard to industry, difference between critical retail and essential services. Do we have any definitions or a better understanding of, of, of what a, a small business might fall under there or what a business would fall under? Uh, it's really, it, it's set out in the public health order. So we, we just, we spoke earlier about the high risk premises. Yeah. And critical, critical retail. Crit- critical retail. Yes, I don't think they're necessarily the same. Yeah. So you're going to have to go to the public health order and look at each oh, particular. I was going to say that is a, a, yes. a quite a big list of yes. you know, yes. critical businesses on yes. the web. And I think the best option is again these things can change. So the best yes. thing to do is refer to that page yes. rather than you know uh, assuming whether you are not. If you are in doubt, always check. Yes. Mm. Uh, and these things can change every day. Mm. Yes. Okay. The next area I'd like to expand on in this question around vaccinations is customer confidentiality, secure data, customer information. 
if we're citing vaccination status? What are the rules around that? What can and can't we do there? We might start with Anthony and then come mm. back to Di and Christy. Yeah, so with the app, the information that is gathered is not even stored with Service New South Wales. It goes straight to New South Wales Health and we download the information directly from the federal site. So we do not store anything. We do not share that information with anyone. New South Wales Health will monitor that, monitor that for, I think, what, 48 hours or three days or something. Yeah. And if there's no outbreak or anything, that's then uh, destroyed. Uh, so there is no sharing of information. It's not passed on. It's not written down anywhere. Mm. It is all mm. digitally read. Okay. So the business itself never gets access to that information, does it, no. Anthony? It's not, recorded. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. Mm. What about keeping staff records on vaccination status in employment? Now, that's important. Well, yes, it is important. And they are confidential records. They are subject to to the privacy principles Mm -hmm. relating to employees and they need to to, to be secure. That's exactly right. So, I mean, I think, you know, businesses obviously should have privacy policies and Mm -hmm. and the policy should clearly set out how those employee details are kept. But it certainly must be secure and confidential. No doubt about that. Just to add to this, and employees also will have the MyService New South Wales app and that's one way of checking rather than physically writing the names down. If they are vaccinated, then there's no need to manually maintain that and put that privacy thing out of mind. So there may be businesses or, sorry, staff who will be not vaccinated, unvaccinated. Those are the things you may have to manually keep. But in most cases, if they are vaccinated, it is going to be on the app and it's not going to be recorded anyway. It's keeping more of a tally, really, on who is and who isn't and what the status is. Uh, Christy, is the refuser, the, the, the employee or the worker that refuses to be vaccinated? Well, we're talking about those employees quite regularly at the moment. So So, it happens in all businesses uh and it's not our job to take a moral stance in relation to these things. It's our job to to really advise a business about its risk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, very much depending on whether the business falls under the public health order mm-hmm. or not, whether the business wants to, to bring in a mandatory vaccination policy, whether it's consulted with their employees and the employees want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be looking at the particular employee, uh, their position, whether it's a, a, a position where it's, you're dealing with customers or dealing with employees or, or sharing facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are just a range of, of things. Also LGA, so if you know somebody who refuses to be vaccinated that's in Broken Hill could yep. be very different to someone who's in an area where there is transmission in, in yep. the LGA. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's really something that it's not really a, a, a one-size-fits-all sort no. of answer. Yeah. But what I can say is that re- employers really need to, to have an idea about what their workforce wants, then an understanding about legally whether they can do that. And it needs to be having, they need to be having conversations yeah. No, with their employers. I mean, they need to know, for example, if an employee hasn't been vaccinated because, you know, they're in their 20s and they want to perhaps get a Pfizer vaccine and they haven't been able to, to yeah. get one yet, right. as opposed yeah. to just not wanting a vaccine for any, yes. you know, for, for, for a particular yeah. reason that's not protected mm. yeah. by law. Yeah. And I think Did the Fair Work Act as well has been quite explicit in, in you know, they've set these tiers out as to, yes. as to what's reasonable for employers to, to request and for, for vaccines as well. And it, it might be that one part of your business who's customer facing or might be dealing with vulnerable people on a regular mm. basis, for example, yeah. might be, you know, it might be reasonable to certainly have these employees vaccinated versus somebody who works in an office alone and yeah. virtually doesn't see the light of day, you know, yeah. or, or sees mm. very few That's people. Right. And so yeah. it's, it's, 
it's a balancing act and it's, it's being balanced in your approach and being reasonable in terms of yeah. you know, what we should enforce or mandate or, mm. or require for, yeah. for employees. We are finding a lot of, a lot of our clients are, are having issues where they perhaps have sales employees and those sales employees are now not allowed on particular premises of clients yes. if, they're not, if they're not vaccinated. Mm. So yeah. sometimes it's being really driven by, by the clients yes. as well. Mm. So it really depends on, as, as you say, where the business is, you know, where it's located, but also it's really looking at individual roles. Yeah, mm. agree. Another mm. interesting question in this space, if, if you're in a high-risk industry and an employee or an essential industry declared and an employee uh, refuses uh, to be vaccinated, do you have, given you follow all due process and consultation, mm -hmm. do you have the right to, to terminate or dismiss them because of the risk to the business and, and to your customers? Well, it certainly is, has happened in the aged care and the nurses industry. So yeah. those, those ones that were subject to the public health orders, there were certainly terminations in yeah. those particular industries. And I foreshadow that that will, will continue mm. to be the case. Yeah. There, there is a, a caveat in for unvaccinated employees, though, if, if yeah. we would require them to work from home, if it's reasonably yeah. practical. Yes. So yeah. if we can have employees that can do that and work from home, yeah. then, the, the, you know, there is a requirement on, on employers to, to, to make those reasonable accommodations. To make those reasonable accommodations. That's right. I would ask, though, and I think it's going to be a question that's front of mind, what if we have an employee who, who you know, chooses not to be vaccinated mm. and cannot reasonably work from home? Mm. Yeah. What do we do then when we're in, a, in yes. an environment where we really need them to be vaccinated? Yes. So yes. what's your take on that, Christy, if I can, if I can ask yeah. that question? Oh, look, certainly. I think if, if you have consulted with your workforce and the workforce has agreed at large that they want to bring in a mandatory vaccination policy, mm -hmm. if that particular employee refuses to do that mm -hmm. and can't meet the timeframes, I would consider you know, a grace period where perhaps they have the option to take some unpaid leave or yes. some, some paid leave yep. in order to, 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 I guess, give it some space and yep. give it a little bit of time. But certainly, you know, I'd be looking at a show cause process because the bottom line is, if this person must be in the office to perform their job mm -hmm. and by refusing to be vaccinated, they cannot be in the office, then they're unable to fulfil the yep. inherent requirements of their position. Mm. Yep. So, uh, as you say, there, there's a process and, yep. you know, you would need to take proper advice before you did that. Absolutely. But I foresee that, that it will happen. Create your own Big Bang and see your business idea come to life. Our online course, Start Your Own Business, helps you learn the basics in marketing, compliance, modelling and small business finances. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, you can use the code BIGBANG to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscentre.com.au. There's an interesting question about unvaccinated people coming on site after hours. Is, is that a carve out? Is that possible? Or, or would you think that would be possible or not possible? Just to think, set your policy. I think, you know, we've, we've got flexibility arrangements in place well That's before right. COVID ever came, right? So yeah. I think like everything else, flexibility, we will always be falling to these flexibility arrangements mm. too. And, and I think people who are unvaccinated certainly can fall in, in, into, the, into that, that mm -hmm. if it is reasonable for yeah. somebody to come in when everybody else has vacated for the day and come in mm -hmm. and they can do their work there, if we can accommodate that, yeah. it works for them and it works for the business, then yeah. certainly that's something that can be considered for yeah. sure. PPE and hygiene practices followed it. Yeah. Well, the, the, you, and there would have to be... Yeah. As part of the safety plan. That would have to be part of the, yeah. of the COVID safety plan. Absolutely. Okay. And these, I think what we, what we need to accept as... as 
as a nation, as a world, and as employers, is mm. that the world is forever changed. And yeah. I think, I think the way we knew it, certainly for the yeah. for the medium to long term. Yeah. I think we're going to have to be a lot more flexible and accept that there is different opinions out there. There's different requirements now yeah. that's been mm. forced upon us, whether we yeah. like it or not. Mm. And this is with us beyond December 1. And, and yeah. who knows what, I mean, things yeah. can change even can before, change. even yeah. though we're talking about December 1, who knows yeah. when, as we're creeping to that, what it'll that's look right. like as well. Anthony, we there's a, another specific question about mask wearing and the, the phases through 70%, 80% and then through to December 1. So have you got uh, some information to help us there? Yeah, with the 70%, the requirement if you're indoors and uh, you need to uh, wear masks, outdoors, of course, with the uh, having the number of people within certain areas, you don't have to. But anybody who is in the front of house and staff will have to wear their mask. And that's, that's important. And that, that's what thing that we'll be uh, monitoring as well. Another question here was about cleaning uh, businesses and, for example, for NDS clients. Mm -hmm. um, what, what are the uh, regulations? How do they apply the public health orders to, to cleaners and, and I guess mm -hmm. people working with people in their homes? Yes. My understanding is that, that they've still been allowed to, to do that with um, you know, certain restrictions on people not being in a, a particular room. Mm -hmm. So yeah. cleaners are able to come into a residence and are able to go into a business, obviously working safely with masks, but minimum contact and, and you know, if the cleaners are working in particular rooms, as a general practice, I think it's good to exit your house and yeah. exit your premises if the yeah. cleaners are, be, yeah. are there. I think that that's a reasonable thing um, yeah. to do at the moment, just practically. Yeah. I think that would be very sensible. Yeah. Okay. And for, if I can say for NDIS cleaners, they, mm. you know, they'd be working for an employer yeah. and, mm. and really we, we would like to see that employers would have a safety plan in place for their, for their employees who they're sending into yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, domestic premises and, yeah. and, and the like um, to ensure that they adopt safety practices yes. when, they're, when they're in yes. there as well. That's, that's really important. But particularly if they're working with vulnerable people, exactly. the yeah. plan would be, if, if possible, to remove them. Yes, from, from the area. From the risk, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. We, I think we touched on this earlier, but beauty and massage therapists, do, do they have to be vaccinated and clients vaccinated? As of as of Monday, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that's their part of the... It is, yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, once you get to 80% the changes, uh, says yes. uh, they do have to be and, you know, they need to have still maintained that limit of one person per four square meter, even if up 80% and more. So okay. because of the, the service, you know, it's, it's a bit more stricter there. And I know it appears in the health order, but Anthony, we've, Anthony, we've got another question here about where can people find out, you know, the definition of their businesses? Oh, you mean the ANSI code? Yeah, well, the, defini the, yeah, the definition of their businesses insofar as where do they fall as an essential business or a non-essential business? Oh, the, yeah, okay. That's uh, all wrong. The New South Wales Health yeah. uh, web page or the website has got definitions of that. Yeah. Uh, and again, if they need a bit more information to really uh, understand if it's an industry that is not appearing there and if they need clarification, my recommendation is please reach out to us and we can find that for you mm -hmm. rather than yeah. uh, don't second guess. Let, let's make sure that it, it, you, you are you know, in the right area. Yes. And another question is about People have got staff that are working between LGAs and working in different areas. How does that operate mm. safely in, on, on, in, in regards to regulations? I suppose with the 70% and 80% your travel is okay now. I mean, unless it is 
below 70 of the regional travel is not available. So there is no uh, requirement as to within the metro area uh, or the Sydney metro area, for example, or the regional wise. Hmm. You know, if you are within NGIs and if it's not a hotspot, you can move around provided yeah. you have all your gear and your, your vaccinated. And the most important thing is make sure that you do carry your uh, vaccination certification with you. And Anthony, yep. you were saying before, we were talking before about regional people not allowed in Greater Sydney and Greater Sydney people not allowed in regional. That's still the case at 70%. That is still 70%. Yes. And I think uh, once you get to 80, hopefully something that I'm looking forward to is yes. by the, in, a, in a week's time, be able to travel. Yes. Unless, unless you, uh, you have a certain hotspot where, you know, that area may be locked down. Yes. So then you may not be able to yes. go in and come out of, then you need to self-isolate. Right. Yeah. Another question sort of back to you two. Can you change an employee's role due to them not being vaccinated and redirect them to alternative duties? Would that be a reasonable thing to mm, do? I think it is. I, I, absolutely. Yes. I, I think I, that one of the things businesses would yes. also do, like I said, and as you said, you know, have a discussion with the employee if there's mm. a reason why they don't want to be vaccinated. Mm. See if there's something else that they can do, mm. which will, you know, you know, or, or stop, won't help me now get them involved with others or, you know, something that they can do before yeah. you go to the step of termination right. or what resignation or whatever it may be. Yeah. So reasonable yeah. and practical to be able to do that legally Definitely. to redirect yeah. their work. Yeah. Yes. If, if a person cannot do the inherent requirement of their job, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. because they're not vaccinated, for example, and there is another alternative, yeah. then that's a that's a better option, isn't it? Yeah. Then, yes, it is. Then otherwise it's either that you, you don't work or potentially mm. you cannot work for a period of time yeah. or else you, you undertake this other type of work. So, yeah. again, it becomes a conversation. That's and right. a consultation and, yeah. and an agreed way moving forward. Okay. Do you have a business idea, but you're not sure it'll work? We have small business toolboxes and expert business advisors to support and guide you through your startup process. Contact us via our website to find out how. Businesscentre.com.au What do businesses do to manage challenging and aggressive customers? What are the legalities around this for the customer? and for our staff to help make sure we are doing the right thing. And there's some good advice out there around and, and, and learnt experiences over the last 20 months as mm -hmm. well that we've understood about that, that there are some products and services that are in high demand. People are stressed. Um, uh, you're going to have perhaps people lining up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, barriers and, and just human behaviour controls, these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But amongst the panel, are there any thoughts about that you could share about what can we do about aggressive behaviours or people acting poorly or people threatening staff, managing that whole dynamic? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, again, it's about a, a proper communication. Definitely. So if you're going to, to take a particular stand, whether it be in relation to, to, to vaccination or, or not, or if you are or aren't part of the public health order, I think it's really important that you communicate uh, with the public at large and, and you know, with your, your clients, if you have people coming in for appointments, there really needs to be that communication from the start so that you've made your intentions very clear. I think you also need to provide a, an, an opportunity and an avenue for any particular person who wants to come onto your premises who is unable to comply with that policy to, to seek an exemption. From, from from that policy, mm -hmm. from complying with that policy. 
And there needs to be a, a, a specified way on how they can do that. What I would prefer is that those sort of applications for an exemption to the policy need to be made in writing and should be made to the owner of the business. And hopefully that means that our frontline employees are not going to have to deal with these sorts of issues at the door. Yeah. You know, you would say things like in your in your communication that, that the staff don't have the authority to make any exceptions to, yeah. to what our particular view is or our particular stance. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to apply for an exemption, you can do it in writing yeah. and you need to address these particular issues and it will be made to the owner of the business or to, to the GM and you will get a response within you know a certain time frame yeah. so hopefully you know that's just going to take a little bit of pressure off those those people yeah. at the front end mm-hmm. that have to deal with this Steve we spoke earlier about signage but unfortunately yeah. at the moment yes. Anthony may be able to help us with yeah. with yeah. that when when the New South Wales government is going to to get some some yeah, signs, signs up we know for has been those subject to the, the downloadable yeah, signage that we've all got been great. yes yes um, yeah it's a very good question and I think this yes. has been asked by a lot of my councils as well and which we have uh, raised uh, as, as a yes. urgent requirement mm-hmm. again uh, once that is available we will be sharing that and hopefully sooner get that out and also the other thing just to add to the previous discussion is also the business owner should also take steps to a kind of I would say educate uh, keep the employees aware of their their rights as well as to how can they you know push back a customer mm-hmm. uh, because it's their mm-hmm. health as well that's uh, at stake. So these are the things that, you know, uh, business owners can keep their staff uh, so they know they have the answer. They have the, uh, a lot of them will be questioned, you know, the legislation or the policy or whatever. Just a little bit of an update on that. Keep them updated with changes. That might also help mm-hmm. yeah, the staff as well. What about I, some I'd strategies? Like to, yes. Yeah, I, I think the, um, the, the New South Wales website has got a f- fantastic resources there for the safety plans for yeah. for virtually every industry and mm. and, and business you can think mm. about. So it's you know just googling safety plan COVID safety plans it'll it'll yeah. it's, it'll come straight up. So yeah. and and part of that is just putting in what industry you're in and yeah. and it steps you through quite easily and it prompts you about to think about yeah. um, and and one of them uh, to think about you know how you will build a safety plan for mm. for COVID in your business yeah. and it's very specific because every business is different every industry is different mm. yeah. but part of that safety plan which I love is around employee workers well-being right yes. and yeah. and part of what you're saying Anthony and I entirely agree is 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 educating and training and having uh, you know, having discussions with your staff around aggressive customers or mm-hmm. how to deal and how yeah. to push back and how Just to escalate yeah. and, and all yeah. of that. And yeah. yeah, so, you know, we're not making up the rules. The government mm. are a lot of the time where we're just we're just abiding and trying to do the right thing by it. So maybe but, have some pre-prepared scripts, something, yeah. you know, so exactly. that the, the employees, you know, if this particular issue is raised. Yes, carving, carving out things that are likely to happen yes. that are risky and address yes. them. and how to yeah. deal yes. with them. And, yeah. it's, yes. and that's part of our safety plan for, yeah. to yes. look after the well-being. Well, I must... I must say mm. today I, I downloaded from New South Wales government the reopening toolkit, which which is very good. Um, it, it answers mm-hmm. for many of you very directly a lot of the questions that we, mm. we've covered about reasonable direction, about directing employees, about asking employees for proof of vaccination, mm-hmm. refusing unvaccinated patrons. It's got everything yes. Yes. set yes, out for you in black and white, and it's a really good tool. Yes. Perhaps to make yourself familiar with it's 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 very easy to access. And as we move towards the 11th of October, I think. I'd recommend every small business owner uh, get this and have a read over yep. and then use professional support and help and then mm-hmm. talk to your team, talk mm-hmm. to your staff and communicate with your customers. Uh, right. Many businesses have already done that through social media. Yes. Yes. Uh, one of the questions you had here, 
is the the battering that many people are taking of being you know, naming and shaming for taking yes. a position. But as we've had to do for the last 20 months, I think a business should state what its position is and, and why it's doing it, backed up by QR code, backed up by public health orders, yes. mm -hmm. and, and preempt something before it happens. Mm. Yes, mm. I think part of part of bringing in these particular strategies and policies is making sure that there's a reasonable basis to do so, yep. and you need to communicate that. You know, I think part of us, especially the business owners who are not subject to the public health orders, I think that that there does need to be some justification as to why you're you're bringing in those particular rules yep. in order to get buy-in. From, yes. from your customers mm -hmm. and, yes. and from your employees. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Shopping centres, and this is an interesting one, mm. again, with the way QR codes operate, but shopping centres, who checks the vaccination status? What about food courts? You know, if you go to your local shopping centre, there's a QR code at the front door, the sliding door's open. Yes. You do your QR code, you go to the baker, you go to the, not the hairdresser, mm -hmm. but you go to Coles, sure. wherever you might go. Mm. What, how does that operate? Anthony, you might have a sense of that. Mm. Yeah, one of the most important things is the shopping centres, the shopping centre as such has got an obligation to have the QR code at the entrance. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is done and there will be people there uh, checking that. And further, as you go into the, let's say, the food court or something, most of the businesses have their own QR codes because these are they locations do. within the businesses that people will go, and there are codes that they will also be uh, checking them. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I think it's up to each individual business to, to, to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Because again, mm. we said at the start, nobody wants a transmission event in their business. No. That's ultimately what Absolutely. you do not want to occur. No. So take that on board. Another mm. question we have, quite specific to creative industries, but. How do rules work with off-site film shooting? Does the safe work plan travel with you to, you know, to another location? If you're employing people, you're responsible for your employees. Yes. You've then got to look at the premises. If you're in control of those premises, if you're occupying, I guess, you know, it'd be no different to work health and safety mm -hmm. yeah. requirements. That would be, so if you've got work health and safety obligations, then you're going yeah. to have obligations in relation to, to keeping so they probably need safe. to do some sort of risk assessment at that For new sure. site that they went to, carrying along with them all of the procedures and policies that you have, but address that risk on that site. Certainly. And if the shoot is different, it's it's yeah. like running a you know a number of events. You know they might you might be it might be carbon copies, but there might be nuances depending on what the new venue would look like, etc. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is making sure, a lot of it might be transferable, but it is mm. making sure yeah. that the... Yeah. Each specific one is given its consideration. That's correct. Yeah. Can face shields be worn as opposed to face masks? Uh, I, I don't know what that... Any oh, thoughts? Oh, I don't think so. I think face masks are the, one mm. the way okay. to go. Face yeah. shield is only a, is you know, here, a secondary think, kind of uh, yeah. guard, but face mask is more important because, you, yeah. again, yeah. it is carried through the air, mm. you know, so... Um, I'm mm. not sure, but I think best is to check the health page for yeah. that definite uh, mm. answer to that. Okay. Yeah. If you're enjoying our podcast today, make sure you rate and review Business Big Bang Theory through iTunes and follow and share us on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre. We've very much considered that there could be some nuances and changes uh, between now and next week. And we would like to share that we were likely to run a 2.0 on the public health orders next week with our panel again, which we're delighted to share. And Anthony has also said to us that should he come across any immediate updates, he'll send them to us, which we'll share through our mm -hmm. networks. But mm -hmm. please look out for those on Service New South Wales and New South Wales Government and Health websites, because this is a very fluid situation Definitely. that we're in. But before 
moving mm. towards conclusion, is there anything else that the panel members would like to add that they haven't had a chance to address or to conclude? I might throw to you first, Anthony. Basically, I think, uh, as you mentioned, Steve, I would recommend everyone to please check the Service New South Wales page. And again, our page has got links to New South Wales Health and every other agency that mm. does provide uh, the support and help for, uh, especially mental health as well. For this is a big thing as well for yeah. businesses. So I would recommend rather, you know, wasting time trying to find out the answers, come to Service mm -hmm. New South Wales webpage. There are links to every support and agencies that's uh, providing these kind of help and support for yeah. businesses at this stage. Uh, so that's my, my, my recommendation. Oh, and again, if you need some personal uh, support, we have the business concierge service and uh, by either visiting Service New South Wales page, requesting a call back, or again, uh, through the, uh, the business center, we are happy to help as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Di, anything that you hadn't, didn't have a chance to address or that you would like to raise? I, I can imagine a lot of industry, you know, hospitality and, and retail specifically, that, that have been, you know, forced to, to really shut their businesses by and large yeah. um, for the last eight or nine weeks and, and longer in, in mm. Sydney and, and uh, greater Sydney area. They're very, very keen to reopen the doors, completely understand that. There's a lot of other businesses, though, that have maintained some sort of uh, ability to continue to, to uh, for their staff to work from home. Yeah. Um, what I would just say is we've got no November or October 11, uh, you know, on our doorstep, very, very close. But I would say this, you know, f with the exception of some businesses, I know are desperate to reopen their doors um, because they haven't necessarily been working. Yeah. But it's being, you know, for those that have been working from home and have, and have been ticking along, you know, reasonably well, um, I'd say plan well before you reopen the doors and are bringing, mm. yeah. bringing you know, your large workforce back in, into the workforce. Make sure you've got your policies and your, your safe, safety plans in place and you understand what your obligations are yeah. under, mm. under the, the, the public health order yeah. and that we do it right and we can communicate well and we've got records of so who's things are bubbling along okay at the moment. You don't have to do a mad rush to for the yeah. 11th for, of October. That's correct. You're not obliged yeah. to do that. Yeah. You can wait a few more weeks. Yeah. You can wait yeah. a few more months. Yeah. Make sure that you're, you're well organised as opposed to rushing. Right. Yeah. I, think that's a, I think that's an important message. It not the whole world doesn't have to reopen on the 11th of, of, yes. yeah. of, of, of October. So was the one dose to go back to work a mistake? Is it now doable? Double. Is it now double? Double, <laughs> yeah. I think as we understand it, in, in regional areas that have not had access to the vaccine, mm. one dose uh, of the vaccine will suffice because there's a provision to recognise that in regional areas that didn't have Mm -hmm. the level of access that you can have an employee come back to work with one dose and with proof that they are getting the, the second, second dose. dose. Yes, yeah. that's right. They, they won't be able to, to work in those yeah. areas that we high identified risk, yeah. earlier, those yes. higher risk areas. Yes. But certainly employer specific policies, we do find that some employers are going to bring it in in a graded way. So they're making their views well known at the moment that they do consider that their business is is appropriate mm -hmm. to have a mandatory yeah. vaccination policy yeah. and they are slowly introducing it with particular dates. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something that I'm seeing okay. yes. quite I think a fair it's bit a of. It's common. Yeah. Yeah. So, Christy, chance for you to wrap up? Anything you wanted to add? Or, Look, or I guess you... the only other thing I really wanted to add is at the end of the day, it is your business. <laughs> the responsibility is with you as the employer. Yeah. Don't get too caught up with what everybody else is doing or yeah. what you think you should be doing. If there's a law, if there's a public health order that applies to your business, you must comply with it. Yeah. And if you don't comply with it, there are significant fines yeah. for mm. doing that. But but if you're not subject to, to one of those areas in the public health order, you really need to, to have a good appreciation 
of your business, the employees in your business, and you can make those decisions. If you feel that you want to make a decision and your employees are pushing you to make a decision, you can do that. Yep. Okay, yep. as long as you are not acting in a discriminatory manner, it is not a, a recognised class of discrimination yep. whether someone is or isn't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, yep. so we need to remember that. At the end of the day, it is your business. Yes. And you need to do what's right by, yep. number one, wholly and solely, you need to do what's right by your business from a risk perspective yep. in making sure that the business is not going to be sued for action that you take, mm-hmm. but also making sure that the number one aim is to keep our, our employees mm-hmm safe and happy at work and that will involve flexibility it will involve consultation it will involve discussions Mm -hmm. and it may involve some some tough action that others might like but it is okay as long as you're doing it in the appropriate way and you're getting the advice to do it there is scope to do these things yeah Yeah. my last question which i'm sure we could all probably relate to or understand you know a distribution center where they've got two separate workspaces a warehouse and an office do they need a covered safe plan for each one well my two bobs would be you know there may not be a forklift in the office but there may be manual handling or there may be Mm. customer interactions in the office but also in trucks and loading and unloading so you just need to address the risks within one plan would that be safe to say or would you need two different plans there are some template plans there there are some template plans yeah that that would be very specific to office and then to a distribution center for example and and there is also to say that if you've got multiple premises multiple sites across that ideally you would have a plan for a plan for a plan for each because there is little nuances you know ventilation Mm. could be could be different from the office to the distribution plan for example so it's probably you know um, the ability to socially distance may be different if you're working you know if two people in a factory have to work closely on a machine versus in an office where people yeah. are in their own offices so correct and i mean that that the whole i, I guess the whole thing one of the, the main mm. things we've been talking about today is really you need to be looking at not not just every workplace but every worker yeah. in your workplace yeah, yeah. okay yeah. and also steve just to yes. add to it the safety plan is basically for a premises so it is yes. not for, for a business as such you know yes, yes. so yeah. if you have different areas i think they need to have a look at it because again as yep. you mentioned, the layouts can be different. The yes. number of people mm. that will be in that premises could be different. So yep. it is for a location. Yep. Uh, the plan is... Thank you. Yep. Good, good mm. clarification. And Thank they're you great all. resources, those yeah, safety they are. plans. They yes. are well set out and industry yes. nuanced as well. They are. Yes. Really okay, good. I think it's time for us to wrap this up. So first, I would like to, of course, thank our guests, Anthony de Cruz, Christy Osborne and Dai Lung. I'd also like to say if you'd like to contact these folk uh, directly, if you like what they've said, you want to f- get some more information, we're, we're more than happy to pass on those details to, to our guests. We'd like to again recommend the Business Connect program, which is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of independent service providers. Whether you want to start, grow your business or, or you know, change your business, come and see us. If you want a business advisory session subsidised by the New South Wales Government under Business Connect, Call 1300 134 359 or email connect at treasurynsw.gov.au. All you need to do to access Business Connect is complete a registration form. Business can typically access eight hours of support in a financial year, including business advice and live webinars, workshops and events. There's no cost for the first four hours of business advice. Businesses affected by COVID can access services free of charge. We thank and acknowledge the support of the New South Wales Government Business Connect program and I'd really like to thank everyone. I'm Steve Waite, your host, and good luck with your businesses reopening. See you next time. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. 
If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre.